Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCKDOWN and you'll get 20% off of your next order. You're locked on Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Tuesday, November 17th, 2020. I am your host, Detroit Sports Trader, Nolan Bianchi. Ethan Smith still on the IR. He'll be back tomorrow, for sure tomorrow, for sure, for sure tomorrow, uh, to, to, to tell you guys a little bit about why he has been gone. But we do have an amazing guest for you guys today, it is Christopher Headland. He's the director of European scouting for EP Rinkside Elite Prospects. He does great work, and he's here to talk to us today about some of the Red Wings prospects. He's been watching a lot of the SHL, watching a lot of the Schmliga, uh, a lot of other of those leagues over there. So we're going to talk to him today about some Red Wings prospects. I cannot wait. Uh, tomorrow, Ethan's going to be back. We're going to go over the new Red Wings uh, reverse retro jersey. Uh, I don't know that you'll have a hard time guessing what our, what our takes on them will be. I think it was pretty unanimous across Red Wings nation. Uh, what, you know, they were <laughs> pretty much how everybody reacted to them. Uh, so we'll touch on that just a little bit. And then on Friday's episode, usually we'll do a, how do you feel about it Friday? But in this case, we're doing something a little bit special, breaking off just a little bit. We're going to have our friend Kyle Demetrius from Lockdown Sharks. We're going to be doing a documentary review slash episode of uh, Ridiculous Moments in Hockey History on the time that John Spano, who uh, had a worth of like $3 million, uh, tried to buy the Islanders, said he was a billionaire, said he was some uh, conglomerate. It's a really, really fascinating story. So your homework for the week between now and Friday is to somehow fit in an hour and 18 minutes. Uh, go to ESPN Plus if you have ESPN Plus. It's a 30 for 30. It's called Big Shot. Uh, it's a <laughs> fantastic documentary. It's also hilarious documentaries. There's a lot of laughs, a lot of tears, uh, and a lot of really, really messy characters in the mix. So I'm really excited. We won't hold you here any further. We will get to the episode with Christopher right now. There's an old man sitting next to me. All right, at this time, we are now joined by Christopher Headland. He is the director of European scouting for EP Ringside and Elite Prospects. He is uh, a very, very knowledgeable guest on the matter that we are looking to discuss today, and that is Red Wings prospects on loan in Europe, but more specifically uh, in Sweden, because they've got most of their guys over there. Uh, but first, let's welcome him in. Christopher, thank you for joining the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Nolan. Uh, really looking forward to talk about some uh, Red Wings prospects. All right. Now, you do some great work. And the way I discovered you was uh, after the Red Wings drafted Theodore Niederbach, I found an article of yours online, and it said, uh, I believe that the headline was, Theodore Niederbach is the best 2020 draft prospect that you've never 
heard of. And instantly I was like, I love this guy. Uh, so can you tell me a little bit more about what you do, what leagues you watch uh, and, and things like that? Yeah, so uh, I'm the director of European Scouting over at Any Prospects. Uh, we cover mostly the draft, uh, the NHL draft. Um, my main focus is on Sweden, uh, but uh, I try to watch as much of the European leagues as possible when there are draft eligible players there. For example, in the German league last season, uh, I spent a lot of time watching the, the guys over there. Now, uh, one of the things that we recently did was the car, or not that we recently did, but that recently took place over in Europe was the Karjala Cup. And I know we were going to talk, or I, I reached out to you originally about possibly having you come on to talk about it, uh, but you said you didn't watch too much of it. So I guess we'll, the one question I do have is what is the significance of this event? Because Philip Peronic, one of the Red Wings' most prized prospects in their system right now, one of the my only bright spots of their team last year uh, did take home, I, I believe, honors for best defenseman in the tournament. How big of a, a, an honor is that? Yeah, so the Carriella Cup is uh, a part of the Euro Hockey Tour. Uh, it's basically, I think they're reworked it. They're reworking it a little bit, but uh, it's uh, Sweden, Finland, Russia, and uh, Czechia. They are they are playing short tournaments uh, at uh, well, one one in each country through the uh, season. And the Carriella Cup is uh, the Finnish one. So um, it's usually the best players from each nation that are playing in the European League that they get together and then they compete. Um, this year, there was a little bit of, uh, oh, I don't know <laughs> exactly how to say it, but the, the Russians sent their, uh, their under 20 team and then they won the tournament. And so. <laughs> Uh, the other teams weren't too happy when they found out that they were sending the kids. Oh, I'm sure. But, yeah. Then they went on to win the whole thing. So <laughs> they, they kind of shut their mouths. <laughs> no. So let's transition over uh, into the SHL because there are differences uh, between the SHL and the NHL uh, style of play, what have you. What are some of those differences and what are those things you have to be wary of when you're scouting a prospect and and thinking about how he might translate into the NHL. Yeah, um, I think I think there are quite many differences. Uh, first of all, the rink size is much smaller. Uh, you have much less uh, time with the puck in the NHL. Uh, defenders are much better. They are closing the gap much faster. Uh, it's much more physical. Uh, I think that's really big part of uh, how some players can look really good in Europe and then they kind of struggle a little bit because they aren't tough enough or they, they aren't used to the, the opponents play the body so much. Um, so I think those are the main uh, differences. Of course, it's faster because their players are better as well. Uh, so the pace is higher, even though the SHL has, it's, it revolves a lot of, around uh, pace. So it's a very fast league, even though it's played on big guys. So I guess in the same vein, I will ask this question. What uh, what are some things that when you're, let's say you're Steve Eiserman and you're sending uh, your kids over to the SHL to play, 
what is something that you're hoping that they can bring back? Like, what are you, what is saying, Oh, you know what, this isn't the end of the world that we have to send them over there. They're going to be able to, to learn how to do this and this, and maybe they wouldn't have been able to do that in the AHL or getting limited minutes in the NHL. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the big reasons is to actually get to play in a high quality league. Uh, I think the SHL is probably the third best league in the world. So it's very competitive. Uh, I think it's very, it's very different from like if you compare it to uh, North American junior leagues, for example, because the teams are built to win. They aren't. It's not a development league, so the players are really they get into like a competitive, competitive environment, uh, and it's it's it, you get that like kind of pressure that you don't get in the junior hockey as well. Like the, the team has to play really well. Um, so I, I think that's like very good to test that kind of environment and how, how players fit fit in, um, yeah, with, with teams that really play to win. Yeah, just getting, I guess, that competition in uh, high stakes matchups. I just got to jump in here real quick to talk to you today about Built Bar. You know about Built Bar. They're a presenting sponsor. They're one of the best sponsors that we've ever had, and they have an amazing product to boot. It's the most delicious tasting protein bar on the market. It's the uh, bar for the health conscious guy, especially the health conscious guy on the go. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Now, let me tell you guys a little bit of a, of a story about what happened to me today. I left the house around noon. I figured I'd go pick up some lunch, bada bang, bada boom. Car repair took a little longer than usual. Didn't have time to fit lunch into my schedule. Remember that I had a box of Built Bars in the fridge. Just went and grabbed one of those. Took that thing down. And within minutes, I was feeling absolutely amazing. I got 19 grams of protein. I only had five grams of sugar. I only had five net carbs. And that's the deal with every Built Bar. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. They're great for the keto diet. Or if you're not into the keto diet, but you just like to watch your carbs, try and make sure you're not eating too much of that uh, stuff. This is going to be the bar for you. And they just added six new amazing flavors, caramel, brownie, cookies, and cream, cherry, barcia. That's my favorite. Lemon, almond, cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple, almond, crisp and when you go to builtbar.com right now and use promo code locked on you'll get 20% off of your next order that's promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com so now let's transition over to some specific prospects Niederbach we're, we're going to start there because I mentioned your story at the top of the show if you haven't gone and checked it out I would highly recommend doing that uh what's he been doing since being drafted by the Red Wings uh in the, in the last month or so yeah uh, well he has pretty much been crushing it in the, <laughs> in the highest junior league here um i think he's over two points per game at this point he's somewhere around there as well uh anyway um i think he's really like taken major steps in his development one, one thing that i was a little bit, uh, a bit concerned uh, about last year was that uh, I wanted him to get tougher, but I saw a little bit of progress during the end of last season, and he has really taken significant significant steps in the right direction when it comes to that as well. This season, he's he, he battles even harder. He plays physical. He gets his nose dirty very often. So I think that's a really good 
um, direction that he's heading in and uh, he's also constantly improving his skating uh, he had a, I don't know exactly what it's called like osteochondritis or something like that it, it's uh, issues with the, the knee joint mm. that's why he's missed his whole drop minus one season uh, so he, he he had to take uh, steps in his skating like through the uh, whole season last year and he has really like continued to develop uh, his skating this year as well uh, which I think is like, one of the most important parts for him to develop so th those are two big things and it's really paying off with how much he's producing it. all right well then you mentioned that pace the the production that the production pace that he's on what is I mean I is there a chance they move him up to the pro league? I know he's playing in the J20. Like, how does that work? Can he get moved up to the men's league if they see, like, oh, this kid clearly can't really learn anything more down here. He's completely dominating. Yeah, yeah he has actually been up and played a few games in the SHL with Fralindo. <laughs> um, the, the, the J20 team uh, league has just closed down for the remainder of the year. So it will. they aim to open up. Uh, in January, but I'm I'm not sure if they will do that. So, what the teams are doing that uh, are is that they're loaning the players out to Division One, which is the third highest league. You got the SHL, then you got Hockey Allsvenskan, and then you got Division One. Uh, so we will see what happens with Niederbach, because Frölunda has a really deep roster, so it's hard to crack it, especially for a center. So. Uh, I'm not really sure. I read in you just before they closed uh, the junior league down uh, that he was very happy just to be able to play again and to like get minutes in the junior league. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens, but they can bring him up. And I, I, I think they will try to do that as well now when, when he can play in the junior league. Then we will see what happens after that. All right, you mentioned for Lunda, that's an easy transition into Lucas Raymond. Uh, 10 points in 16 games, five goals and five assists. What do you like out of him so far this season? Yeah, I think I, I was really high on Lucas Raymond <laughs> last season. We had him ranked third uh, on our list with the new prospects. And I've been pushing him a lot. Um, so... He, he, he was a little bit in the same situation as Niedenbach this, this year. That was, he really struggled to crack the lineup in the SHL last season. Um, but this season, he has, they, they gave him a big role, and he's faster and he's stronger. He can really play to his strengths in a way that he couldn't do last season, and that's why he's producing so well right now. Because that was what at least what I felt was missing. He was like a very skilled kid that was playing in the SHL last season. And now when he's grown a little bit, he can really make things happen and play, play in the way he should play. Now with that uh, expanded role, what is the, the thing you noticed that has grown the most about his game? Yeah, like, like I said, I, I actually think the, the biggest part is that he's stronger and with that faster as well because he, he's a really good playmaker and he has he has very good shot mechanics but he can struggle last season to get in position to really consistently use it 
but this season he can really do that. So because because he's stronger and faster, so I, th I think that's like the, the main reasons why he's so much better. All right, can we talk about Mo Sider's upside? Because he's killing it over there right now. And I mean, like that. This is something that I I brought up on the podcast a, a few weeks back. Is like I I keep seeing like. Uh, I don't want to name names, but I saw something that, you know, it was like prospect rankings and, you know, after the fact, and they had Mo Sider like kind of up a little bit and they were like, Hey, you know, he's, he's progressed really well. He's he, Detroit has definitely proved that he was worthy of the place that they took him at. Uh, but a lot of people still hamper him for that offensive upside. What do you see uh, in regards to that? Yeah, I, I, I could understand it a little bit because I think it's always good to, to think about those things. Um, but I've been super impressed with, with what he has done since he came to Sweden. Uh, uh, I, I think like both his like, possession game and also the offensive games looked really, really, really strong here. So um, I think uh, he will uh, may make some doctors go away with how well well he's been playing here he look he looks like like a top defenseman in the SHL which which uh, I, I found a little bit surprising I thought he could get there with time but to play so well from the get-go after coming here is I, I think it's super impressive and he's only 19 I think yep so <laughs> that's uh, yeah it's very very impressive we love Big Mo over here in Detroit. I don't know if you know this, but he, he I mean, obviously we love Lucas Raymond too. We love Philip Zadina. We love all our guys, but I think Mo Sider, because of the way that he had, like he was kind of an underdog, like from jump. And I think that that, that resonated with the city and, and for him to take all of that and then prove everybody wrong at pretty much every single curve in the road has been so impressive. Yeah, he's really looking like a top prospect right now. So, yeah, you you guys should should be happy that you got him. <laughs> uh, now, in regards of Red Wings prospects, we got a, quite a few of them over there. Is there anybody who's disappointed you with with what they've shown since arriving? Hmm. Let me think about who we got over here from the Red Wings. Uh, I. I thought about that early today, and I, I like pretty much all the Swedish guys that you guys have drafted. And That's, it's worked for us before. Yeah, it has. <laughs> he knows his stuff around here. Like, if there's someone that you should trust in Sweden, it's him for sure. So uh, I can't think of anyone that I'm disappointed with. Like when I when I think about the Swedish that, that you guys have drafted and. They're all doing really well. Uh, even like Matthias Brumier, for example, that's a free agent. He's looking really, really good. Last guy that I want to get to specifically today, Jonathan Berggren. We waited all this time, saved the best for last. He is currently third in the SHL in scoring right now, 18 points in 16 games. He had a heck of a start to the season. I think the last time we checked in on him, he had uh, it was something like 12 points in 10 games played or something like that. What do you want to see? Like now that you've seen what Jonathan Bergeron can be for you, is it just, okay, 
now stay healthy and do it for a full season? Yeah, I think that's actually the main thing for him because uh, I watched him when um, in his draft year and I, I loved his game. Like I was super high on it and I don't know if you watch a lot of junior hockey, but he was so good at the, the under 18 world championship as well uh, in his draft year. He, um, I think he was one of the top players there and yeah, then after that all the injuries happened and he, he kind of fell off the board uh, because of that. Uh, now when he can finally be healthy, he really like, he got the chance to show what he can do and he really took it. So for him, it's just to keep on going and build on what he has started. And uh, yeah, he has so much potential. So <laughs> the sky's the limit there. I, I am just dreaming of uh, Theodore Niederbach and uh, Jonathan Berggren just being like, and I, I don't know them as well as you do, so maybe this is like not a uh, perfectly sound statement, but they remind me a lot of each other, no? Yeah, they are They are a little bit the same, actually. You're, you're absolutely right. Both like to, to have the puck on the stick and very good passers and both of them very, very intelligent uh, and they they're competitive, but not in like that they will throw big hits and stuff like like more than the traditional way you think about competitive. But they, mm-hmm. they work really hard and they work in a smart way, both of them. And yeah, so they they're 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 quite alike actually, but also very different. All right, Christopher, uh, we are so thankful to have you on. I know it's late over there in Sweden, so we're going to let you go. You can follow him on Twitter at CHR Headland. Uh, and once again, he's the director of European scouting at EP Ringside and Elite Prospects. Go get a subscription. You are like, there are some sites out there that are like subscription based content. And uh, there are some that are not worth it. And then there are some that you're like, I'm stealing from these people. EP ringside elite prospects is the latter uh, in those scenarios. I rely on it. I love it. What else you got uh, coming up for, for content wise, Christopher? Yeah. First off, thank you for the kind works. <laughs> that, that was really kind of you. Um, <laughs> we're actually going to do a team by team uh, drafted prospect ranking. Uh, we're going to have a meeting in two days, I think. So, it's going to be a lot of uh, content uh, for drafted prospects or a deeper insight. Excellent. Well, we, uh, we are super excited to have you on. Hopefully we can get you back on here in the future. I enjoyed talking prospects with you uh, and we will talk to you soon, man.